When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. First time and you're right what seems like forever all of <clears throat> but it was planned I mean as I said <clears throat> August was a month of a, a bunch of random shit that I had to do and we knew it was going to be hectic going into it but we are returned to our regularly scheduled programming and as Roger is aware and as everyone listening is aware we are officially permanently banned from YouTube and you know what it wasn't even the interview with Malone. It wasn't even Dale calling for like war. It was vitamins. Me, it was me listing off vitamins. You know what? It's certainly <laughs> been an eventful week. You know what? Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. It's at a certain point you go, you know, I emailed Dr. McCullough yeah. and I told him what happened. And he goes, Tom, he's like, I can I can provide you all the data. And I was like, this has nothing to do with. They don't care. Don't and you were fuck. you were right about that. You said that to me. And the the thing is, is it, it's I I kind of understand how this happened because you have been working within the bounds of what is supposed to be permissible, but Google has also always been about replacing human attention with automation. That was their origin that they started as a thesis dissertation on how a computer, a non-sentient thing, could sort search results in a beneficial way. That was where the company started. And that's why people ask, why why is Google interested in self-driving cars? Because removing human labor from the thing has been about everything they do. So, of course... You are skirting up to the edge as you have every right to and say, all right, this is something that I have a right to say. And they're using algorithms, which are stupid. They're not human. And they're flagging things based on things like word frequencies. And they're not, you know, and they are famously and, you know, uh, completely uh, resistant to any kind of customer service or anything like that. It's like they, their entire focus as an organization is to not have human beings dealing with their business. Once, the, once they build the automation, they want to back off and let those clusters of servers and shipping containers or whatever do everything. Sure. And if they can't do that, then fuck you. They, yeah. they, 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 you know, that's, and, and that's where you, you got caught because you basically caught the computer out by using the wrong number of the wrong words the wrong number of times. And their automated uh, sentinel went, oops, we've been told this is bad. It really pisses me the fuck off. Because I spent a lot of time, like, curating links 
to the readings that I've done and putting them on my personal website, and they're all broken now. All the links ever posted so, by anybody, every email. Every, every link I ever sent my dad, all of the links to the readings that I've done, because I considered this a resource that I could use to, uh, you know, for people who wanted to listen to my works uh, instead of having to read them, because I know that's a thing with you. And all of the all of that is now trashed. Ninety nine percent of which has nothing to do with the things Google was being admonished about by the government, but they are such shit squirting scaredy pants about having their business model fucked up that they had, you know, it's like the minute it seemed apparent that there was actually a threat, they turned tail and ran under the fucking porch. I mean, not and, just your reading, but Dr. Ken Alabeck, who is Donald. Oh, and all of your, it's like you've had so many wonderful guests on. But, I mean, specific, I, specifically Alabeck, who... For everyone listening, Dr. Alabek was the head of the Soviet bioweapons program, defected to the United States. He's a brilliant physician. His daughter has autism, and he works every night after work. After his day job, he works until the wee hours doing telemedicine with, uh, with like single mothers and and of of autistic children in former Soviet bloc nations who stay up till like three in the morning to talk to him. And what we were doing was we had done five episodes where we would get on a translator who was staying up. She's 10 hours ahead. I die 10 hours ahead of us. <laughs> and Dr. Alabic would, you know, we'd bring on other mothers who are in like the Ukraine, Estonia, Latvia. I mean, bumblefuck Russia coming on. <laughs> and when those videos would go up, they would get, they would get faster views than my Dale videos because what it was were all these people with shitty internet connections. And they had this thing to all of a sudden where it's Dr. Alabic and we have a translator and then I'm uploading it in 4K with great audio. And it was the, the, I like, and I say this every episode I do with them. I go, I, this is, so, I go, autism treatment's so far above my head, but I'm glad I can help you preserve it. That's, so now I had to email all those links to Dr. Alabek. And I'm like, hey, we, we're switching Odyssey and Rumble and Bitch Shoot. I got suspended. And then not only that, all the emails I send to people, I'm, I mean, I'm getting emails from guests like, why were you suspended from YouTube? Because a lot of people, if they come on my podcast, they're now associated with me. I have all these owners of businesses and authors going, why did you get... Oh, shit, is Tommy up there waving a Nazi flag? No, sorry. No, the reason I was suspended, and by the way, the tweet that all of you guys are now sending your coworkers and other you know author friends... You're, you're not, yeah, well, not only that, authors coming on pushing their own books, they tweet it and they're like, hey, hear about my new book. Now it's, and why is it taken down? Because of vitamins. Yeah. And it's, I appealed it. And they said, uh, they said the appeal process is going to be difficult. I asked why. And they said, because your channel cannot be found. And well, no shit, you removed it. But it's. And outside of the They're whole fuckers. scope, outside of the whole scope of freedom of speech, which you and I have hit on so many times, there's no need to go back to it. This wasn't even no. that. I have played their rules. I don't upload, and when I started uploading 30 second clips of the verboten topics, I would get suspended for those. So as you've noticed, I didn't even upload those anymore. I would just go, "Hey guys, episode 544 with Doctor Roger," and uh, go watch it on this. I would. That's all I would say. And to the point where I was like, you know what? Fuck it, private company. 
I'll play by your rules, and then I'll upload the other episodes here if I have an author talking about the Tenth Yeah, but Mountain they keep Division. changing the rules. And they don't fucking tell you when the rules are changing. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a common thing. It's a common thing with Google. It's a common thing with Facebook. It's a common thing with Amazon. I know people who deal with all Roger, your, your audio is all fucked up. It's like going in and out. Okay. Now it's good. Yeah, now it's good. Yeah. 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 I know, I know people who deal with all of these companies. It's like our marketing girl at, at uh, the place that I work uh, says it's like her dream for years was to work at Google, but she also has to admit they have no customer service. If you're... Your thing's not... It's coming through, but it sounds like you're 20 feet away. When you held it closer... How about... Now, see, right... How about now? Perfect, and now it's going away again. Well, I mean, it's now, not changing on this end. Now it's perfect. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, uh, let's try that. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, uh, the uh, marketing person that we hired, uh, that my company hired, uh, her dream for years was to work for Google because that's what you want to do if you work in marketing. But she also has had to admit that they have no customer service. If you're another company other than Google and you're uh, depending on your Google search results and all to, you know, drive business to you, then if they fuck you over, you basically have no alternative. And, and this is companies, this is, this is, you know, uh, people with, you know, employee rosters and tens of millions of dollars, and they can't get these assholes to return a damn phone call. So, yeah, this is, uh, you know, and it's, an, it's a serious problem that so much of our infrastructure in the infosphere is now bound up in these four or five huge fucking super companies that think they own the world until a government goes, um, wait a minute. And then they've turned tail and run under the porch, which is what Google, Facebook, Twitter have done with regard to this, because let's face it, they did let it get out of hand that, you know, there was a period when the, Inf- you know, the disinformation system was blowing full force. We now know that a lot of it was actually powered by Soviet disinformation in you know, centers. And they just let it run unrestrained until the government went, um, you know, we think we have a problem here. And they're like, problem? Oh, wait, wait, wait. You think we have a problem? And they're like, uh, yeah, the government is like, uh, yeah, like we have half our population, like won't take the fucking vaccine. And they're like, uh, yeah, well, we can kind of see where that's a problem. How is it our problem? And it's like, uh, how about these 40, hundred thousand videos telling people that it's a hoax and a quack job and that they should take you know, horse dewormer instead of the vaccine. And, and I've actually seen on the left uh, leaning site that I most hang out on 
someone has made it his kind of mission in life to come in and say, please don't call it horse medicine when you talk about ivermectin, because it is an extremely useful drug for humans, too, that has saved countless thousands of lives and stopped other pandemics of different types. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing. What's a bad thing is when you go to your fucking feed store and get a dose that was meant for a horse and take it yourself. That is a bad thing. There's a reason why the saying exists, like horse tranquilizer, right? Yeah. Oh, that was PCP. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what I mean, oh yeah, but what I mean is like the running joke is like, you know, that could knock out a horse or, you know. Yeah. And and it's like, yes. So here's the drug formulated for a 1500 pound animal and you're just going to buy it over the counter at the feed store because yes, it's feed store, it's animal thing. So stop prescription for your horses and then you take it yourself. Well, uh, good luck with that. There's, uh, sorry, D- David O'Neill <laughs> sent me a meme and it's a, you know, the rage against the machine killing in the name of, mm-hmm. you know, some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses really famous song but it was a great meme and it was some of those that work forces want the horse that wants the pace that's for horses <laughs> and so we're we're going to change the name to red pilling in the name of <laughs> some of those that work forces want the pace that's yeah. for horses but no it's yeah sorry go on but, but, but yeah so it's like i see it's it's a perfect storm of of, of clusterfuck because you know you you are in the right. Google slash YouTube is trying to be in the right, but they are also at the helm of this enormous thing that they have built, and they are trying to do it by automation, and the automation is imperfect, and they would rather pretend that. It isn't imperfect. That's their sin, as far as I'm concerned. And it's been their sin for many years. Uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, as you've heard me say multiple times that at a certain point, probably around the IPO, they dropped the word don't from their, lo- you know, from their motto. You know, it's like, instead of don't be evil, it was just like, oh, we need to be evil because that's how you make money. Uh, And Facebook has done the same thing. Twitter has done the same thing. Uh, You know, it's just, it's it's a clusterfuck. And, And we wouldn't be having this situation if we didn't have these four or five multinational companies trying to own the global infosphere now. Because if you went to a place like corrosion or, uh, well, even Reddit is on the big side, but you know, I gotta say, they seem to be doing a pretty good job of uh, keeping an even keel, as they're called out on bullshit like this, because they had a big problem with like the uh, revenge porn and stuff like that, and so they've kind of gone to it, you know, kind of carefully. <laughs> to to respond to it uh but twitter facebook youtube uh slash google it's like no they're, they're all it's like no we want to totally automate this this is the only way 
uh, we can deal with it because we can't hire 300,000 people to moderate all of these conversations. And well, what else do you do? I mean, at some point, someone has to look at this and ask whether it's really a bad thing or not. And a computer is not yet really capable doing that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's as, uh, uh, what's the book? Um, Shadow Factory, the post 9-11 ultra secret NSA by James Bamford came out in like 2003. Just a good, an absolute just epitome of, of about NSA uh, uh, domestic surveillance and it's incredible it's a great audiobook and they go into you know all the all the collusion with the big telecommunications companies and how it started with it started with you know you're doing it for your nation you're doing it and you're doing it in the wake of right of 9/11 right which is how they always get you but it was also it was Bush had Michael Hayden come in, who's the head of the NSA, had him come in and said, like, you know, I can't tell you to do this, but it'd be really helpful if we had this happen. And so Hayden went to the heads of all these telecommunications company, like under like national security NDAs saying, you know, yeah, we can't about some yeah, of this. Yeah, yes. we can't tell you to do this, but you'd be helping your nation greatly. And the thing is, is when these when these companies did it, they all said, uh, you know, the government can't do this. And they said, oh, no, 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 the government's not doing it. You're doing it. And then you're just letting us look at your information. And right after 9-11, sure. I mean, I'm sure if I was an adult at that time running a telecommunications company, I wouldn't be immune to that. I'd probably go, yeah, you're right. You know, it's, there's still rubble in ground zero, right? You, you fall for it. But as we saw, it then oversteps and now you have domestic surveillance. And then it's not until Snowden blows the whistle on it that you see this thing that was for domestic surveillance starts to turn into taking out any political enemies. And look what happens when it's in, in the hands of someone like a Bush-Cheney uh, administration, right? We're still dealing with, in Kabul right now, we're still dealing with the wake of those two. Now, my concern is this. Maybe it starts with best intentions. Sure. Maybe they're looking at it and they're going, you know, these many people won't get the vaccine and they won't do this out of the other thing. Sure. As we saw, as you did an episode about, you know, the history of pornography and the Patriot Act being used to go against, was it insects? Well, how long yes. until this thing that was started with, we have to stop the spread of misinformation about vaccines. How long until, I don't know, what happens when, what happens when Bush 3.0 gets into office or Trump 2.0 gets oh, in office and goes, absolutely. goes, hey, hey, we can't have these 2020 riots anymore. So even though there's this body cam footage of this unarmed black man being shot, flag it as misinformation because that is now dangerous. This is how it spirals off. It always starts with the best of intentions. We got to do this. We got to have Guantanamo. It's, we got to interrogate these terrorists. And now all of a sudden you're going, wait, what's going on? It's how it always starts, and so it's you. You go, all right, sure. We got we got to block this mission. It doesn't take long until some nefarious figure comes in the back door and goes, "Ooh, this is a great, this is a great little thing we got going on here." So let's say vaccine misinformation, and maybe we'll just add this thing in here too, and then this thing in here too, and then thirty years which goes is, by, which you, is essentially what they what they were planning to do in the in the porn thing. Because yeah. they used insects as as a wedge to justify themselves 
but it was very clear that the people who did that were planning to go after the rest of the adult industry. Yeah. They, they thought they had down their magic candle to finally do something about these guys once and for all because normal prosecutions weren't working out for them. Well, that's probably because they weren't guilty of doing anything wrong, according to our laws. But it's... these assholes didn't think that was good enough. It, so It will always be abused, and it's... Mm-hmm. It will always be abused. And ultimately, what I, I always come down to this is when you look at something like misinformation, you know, are you concerned? Who says it's miss? Well, it's the thing I, you know, Rogan said it best when he was talking to Tim Dillon. He goes, when you see something like that, right, like a conspiracy or something, and you go, this is misinformation. He goes, are you scared that you're going to fall for it? Are you scared that you, when you look at it and they go, they're saying the vaccine is 5G and I, fucking you can't, Alex Jones couldn't write this shit. He goes, are you afraid that you're going to fall for it? Well, no, I'm not. I'm not stupid. No, no, no. So what you're really saying is, is when you say that we need to stop the spread of misinformation, it's a passive admittance that everyone other than you is too dumb to figure it out on their own. So we got to fence off the oven. What, would you touch a hot oven? Well, no. But what about Roger? Well, you know, I got to I got to block off. the. Well, is Roger not smart enough to look at the oven and go, yeah, it's red hot? What it is is you're seeing this passive, by default, admittance of a superior superiority complex of the everyone else isn't smart enough to determine this for me. So if you go, we got to stop horse paste. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people are going. I'm not fucking taking horse paste. And the people that are are the same people that were going to walk off a cliff if someone told them to. It's and yet enough people are taking the horse paste to have wiped out the supply in several states. Good. Let natural selection take its fucking course. Let it happen. Let it fucking happen. It will go its own way. If you're dumb enough to believe that every doctor smokes Lucky Strikes, then that's on you if you die from lung cancer. If you're dumb enough to believe the Sackler family saying, if you get hurt, just take an Oxycontin and get your life back with no side effects. If you if you're not haven't learned that if it's too good to be true, then it pro- if it sounds too good to be true, then it probably is too good to be true, then you deserve that. If McDonald's tells you, hey, if, if Cheney gets up there and goes, there's weapons of mass destruction, we haven't found anything with it. And I know the president is the son of the president who formerly went after Saddam, and it may seem like it's a grudge. And I know that I'm the former CEO, although I'm the vice president now, I know that I'm the former CEO of Halliburton, who we're going to reward all the reconstruction contracts to. If you can't see through that, then we deserve another Vietnam. So there are all these things about blocking this and blocking that. Let the chips fall where they may. It's just, it's going to happen. Oh, uh, the, uh, the lights just blinked. Uh, uh, Shout out to the NFL. I should remind you that I am uh, also, uh, and it, it's, it has been a very busy week. I was sick all week. I used more sick days this week than I had. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Having any single year uh, with some stomach thing that kept coming you back. you drinking horse-based? 
Nope. Be honest uh, with me, Roger. This is a safe space. No. Uh, not horse-based. <laughs> um, definitely right? not. Okay. But I am also in the process of being hit by a hurricane. So, uh, yeah, they're all, everybody's freaking out. I had to talk my neighbor down a few hours ago because her husband's trapped on the other side of the lake and they closed the bridge. And we've been like, well, we've been doing episodes together for so long. (laughs) I can remember this last year when you were like, we did that again. Yes. We're like, Hey, it again. Yes. Well, Come to the hurricane zone. <laughs> that's that's insane. That's how long we've been doing these episodes. I remember last year you were like, it was like halfway through your power just. Oh yeah, remember there was that freeze frame where the. Remember it caught one frame of your power going out, and then it was like, yeah. it was like the nuclear potato gun where it caught that manhole going into space. There was one frame of like the lights off, but your computer light still illuminating your face, and it was like that was the freeze frame of Roger before the hurricane knocked out his power or your internet or whatever. Fucking Christ! So yeah, so so anyway, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, everybody's going. The hurricane's coming! Nice play. We're all gonna die! But uh, it's not really looking like that much. I just I think, think we're having like about 30, 40 mile an hour winds right now outside, and it hasn't even rained that much. But I'm also eighty miles inland, and yes, the scary, scary category five hurricane is you know it it just made landfall about eighty miles from here. In a place where almost no one lives, because I've been there, I know. So it's like, you know, it, it's not that bad. Uh, but everyone's going to tell you that, oh, my God, he's in Louisiana. It's like, why didn't he leave? And it's like, uh, because I didn't think anything bad was going to happen. Seriously. Uh, it's you know I was talking to Dale before this, but that's kind of like your thing with Google. You know, it's like you know there are certain places where you say that, and it's like you know the whole media has to play it up. It's like oh my god, the hurricane's going to die, get out. My neighbor was saying, she's like she has relatives telling her, you know, a couple of hours ago, look, you can come stay with us in Texas, and she was like, you know, yeah, I'm going to get in the car and drive. Toward the storm. No. Well, that's not a good idea. <laughs> it's. It was. What I was talking to Dale just actually. So, there I was a uh, through a a friend of a guest that I've had on here, put me in touch with a a marine at Kabul Airport, and uh, he, oh. you know, thankfully he he flew home two days ago so, or yesterday, so he's back now. But he went over there like two weeks ago, and lot, several of his friends were killed in the suicide bombing. But yeah, I tried to. We were. I wanted to get him on through like via because he could only talk through Snapchat, and uh, I wanted to have like the only podcast interview live from Kabul. But uh, he was like, "I'm afraid that he's like, I'm afraid I'll get court-martialed and thrown in a military prison." And I was like, "That's probably, that's yeah. probably right." You know, especially if we did it and then there was some bombing and like, am I somewhat responsible? For... So it's probably smart. But, you know, in, in what Dale was saying. Kind of, is... kind of like slinking away from the 1-6 thing, you know, when you realized that it was out of control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just kind of, yeah. It's just like, yeah, this is maybe a little over 
top. Not such a good idea. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is he was like, I don't know if I can do it while I'm in Kabul. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't know shit about combat. I don't know a goddamn thing. I don't know who's intercepting what. And, you know, if this kid's doing it via his phone and he can, you can see something in the background, it's that enough information for someone to go, oh, there's where the whatever the gate is or the generator or... Yeah, so... And I don't need the fucking Department of Homeland Security coming in here because I somehow inconsequent, indirectly, like, aided and abetted the Taliban or something. So, but... You know, Dale asked before this, like, what am I going to do now, now that I'm banned from YouTube? And, you know, there's nothing to do but move forward. It sucks, and I hate it, and I can sit here and pout and talk about how things should be, but you can do that forever, and you'll never get anywhere in life. You can say, I should have done this. I, I, you know, it's unfair. It's unjust. And You may be right, but ultimately it doesn't matter. You have to pick up and move forward. So we're on BitChute with 176 subscribers. We're on Rumble with 316 subscribers. We're on Odyssey with a whopping 27 subscribers. And, you know, it it hurts that I built up 5,649 subscribers on YouTube before it got iced. But ultimately, there is nothing to be done except to move forward, get more guests, put out regular content, and just, it's what it is. It's what it fucking is. And, uh... You know, it's disappointing to say it's not. I mean, and I, I kind of saw it coming, frankly. Oh, but yeah. I mean, it's never been my it's never been my place to tell you what to do with your podcast. This is I've always maintained. This is your joint. Mm-hmm. This is your thing. You need to do your thing with it. And yeah, I probably would have done it differently, but that would be me, sure, not you. Sure, it's and. It was always coming. Yeah, it was always coming. Like, despite despite as upset as I am, I mean, let's be very for the record. You gotta also feel a sense of relief, right? Relief, somewhat, but it's also I knew it was coming. Like, let's be honest. Like, it was coming. It was coming, and ultimately, if I got taken down for a vitamin or for a video about vitamins, then the reality is, is it wasn't for that. That's not what it was for. It was for something else. And ultimately, you got to go, you know what? Then Well, the bottom it. line is you pissed, you pissed off an algorithm. You yeah. pissed off something that's too stupid to be human uh, that was deployed by a company that is too stupid to be human because they don't want to be human. They, 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 Their entire focus from the day that they opened their doors has been deploying algorithms instead of people. Yeah, and the thing is, an algorithm uh, is they are deployed now. Now, I am, I am, of course, of the, you know, the Church of Computers could be conscious if we figured out how to do that, but uh, they're not yet, and a computer is not yet capable of the subtleties of a human observer, and so. All they're looking at is word frequencies and patterns. And I, I I can see exactly why their stupid algorithm flagged that video because they're looking for mentions of the banned drugs. They're, you know, or the, the drugs that are not supposed to be mentioned, but they're not seeing any context because they're not human. They're not capable of that. And this is how Google does everything. 
this, you know, even more than Facebook and Twitter and the others, this was like in their DNA. Google was founded. Their entire thing was having automation do this instead of humans. That was, you know, like I said, that was their original mandate was they had an algorithm for sorting search results. And that would do better than humans. Their competition at the time was Yahoo that did use humans. And the end result of that competition was Yahoo got buried because Google could process millions more search results and targets than Yahoo could because Yahoo was actually passing them in front of human eyes. And even with thousands of employees, they Yahoo just couldn't keep up with the volume that Google could. And so that was one of the reasons that the search wars settled out in the way that they did. Um, I am old enough to remember, and in fact, I've seen not one, but two movies in the last couple of months that gave me a nostalgia noogie by showing someone in the 90s doing an Alta Vista search. You probably don't even remember Alta Vista. You would have been like, you know, like 10 years old. Something something (laughs) in the name... Made, uh, I feel like I've heard it before. Not, I don't have like a conscious memory of it. Yeah, I always. It was pretty it. much the original internet search engine, and it was monetized because it was an ad. Its entire existence was an advertisement for Hewlett Packard servers, which were powering Alta Vista. And at the time, a single mainframe computer sitting in a clean room somewhere could index what was then the entire internet and make a decent match of the results. And uh, they, uh, they actually had an extremely clean interface and all, but they were being overwhelmed by the year 2000 because there was simply too much information being put online for them to index. That's where Google came in with their automation algorithm and their massive uh, parallelism distribution thing. And, uh, that ended up, you know, for a few years, they deployed that in the same way Alta Vista had, which was, it was free because, well, just look at this cool shit that we can do, but they were burning through money and they were burning through more and more of it every year until they realized they were in the advertising business. And then they figured out how to monetize it. Now, YouTube was started pretty much the same way, and they were burning through their venture capital paying for bandwidth with no obvious way how they were going to get more or repay. Yeah, and they threw the fucking party when Google bought them. But the thing is, Google had already gone through their epiphany. They knew how you make money online. And so when they bought YouTube, that was instantly, that was their, their frontline thing is you monetize it with ads. I re- and, you know, I remember, sorry, I remember being in the car when I heard that because my mom used to drop off my two older brothers in mm-hmm. high school and then drop me and my little brother off in middle school. 
and we'd always go over this one bridge on I-85 in Atlanta. And I remember, I didn't even, I didn't even know what it was, but I just remember hearing on like WSB. I just remember it was like some random, like uh, an internet startup YouTube, or you know, but it wasn't even like YouTube. It had they pronounced it. It was like on the on on YouTube, sold for what was it one point six billion or sixteen billion? Something like that. It was in the one billions range. Sorry for interrupting, but yeah, no, I remember when they were bought. I remember that was like a huge thing. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, that saved YouTube because they were literally a month or two from going under because they were going to run out of venture capital and not be able to pay for the bandwidth. And at that time, internet video was not a thing. No. I mean, it was you know, not the way it is today. 240p, uh, 360p. Yeah, and, and even that was expensive. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, they were taking this over, but they only took it over because they saw a way to monetize it. And this is where Google had gone in the years since their IPO and their expansion. And that at the time, there were a couple of other video uh, services that uh, sank beneath the waves. Uh, it, it was... Uh, really strange to watch because I was never that invested with any of it, but I saw how these companies merging, uh, just resulted in really bad behavior. I think one of the, one of the things I may have mentioned to you before is my, uh, my Google avatar as local Roger is, uh, you know, and I don't use my Google account much, uh, but I didn't have a Google account. In fact, I'm so old. I remember when you had to have an invitation to get a Gmail account. But I did have a YouTube account and I used it to upload two videos, both of which were time lapses of my drive across the causeway, starting in the darkness as the sun came up and I drove across the 24-mile-long bridge, and I thought that was kind of cool. To this day, those are the only two YouTube videos I have, and frankly, after the last week, I'm not sure they're even still up. But uh, the, uh, the thing is, uh, about 10 years later, I get an email from my wife going, you know, because I had sent her a an email from my yahoo account but it didn't have an avatar and when she got it on her phone it had a picture it had an avatar picture and she said what's your gmail avatar is that the causeway and i asked her to send me a screenshot because i like i said i had never uploaded a picture of myself <coughs> anywhere at the t- time because and and so sure enough it was a frame from one of my videos of the drive across the causeway so what had happened was she had you know she was using gmail and gmail really 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 wanted to show her an avatar picture but it didn't have one that I had ever deliberately uploaded 
didn't have one associated with local Roger at Gmail, but Google had bought YouTube and YouTube had a local Roger account whose email account was localroger at yahoo.com, which was where the email was coming from. So they reached into my YouTube video and grabbed a frame and made that my avatar, which if you think it, about it, it's a freaking insane and stupidly evil thing to do. It's like that could go wrong in so many thousands of ways that whoever thought that was a good idea should be fired on the spot. But that is my avatar on Google to this day because I don't want to forget that violation. It was a totally evil thing to do, and they didn't ask. They just did it. So this is the kind of people we're talking about here. Yeah, it's... You know, it it almost it's it sounds like I have some sort of Stockholm syndrome or like simping, but ultimately I do still stand by that they're a private company. They can, and I'm talking about, and I'm as someone that was just removed from them after 545 episodes and thousands and thousands of different links shared, trying to build up that subscriber base. Ultimately, you're a free company and you're, you're free to shoot yourself in the foot. You're free to, you know, Blockbuster is free to turn down yeah, an Tommy, offer by Netflix. They just kicked you off the top of the World Trade Center and you're about at 450 right now <laughs> and going, well, it was their building. It was their building. But, I mean, it is because... But they also promised you that if you went to the top... They would take you back to the bottom without killing you first. Well, the thing is, is they never monetized me. So you can't demonetize that which was not monetized. So, you know, unlike what they've done to other people where they demonetize you and thus they actually impact your everyday life, it had no effect on me. And, uh, you know, it's to me, it's all about it's all about not being uh, contradictory. It's being about not hypocritical, you know, despite being conservative. The one thing I've always held true and I've said it on this podcast, I've said it since middle school, is although I, I don't like the idea of abortion, I'm not a woman and I've never carried a child and I never will. And therefore, I cannot I, I say that I, I think it's pro-choice because it's not my place to decide. And I've always said that because above all else, above political divide, I respect my own body autonomy and I don't like being told what to do. So on that same note, as much as I hate it and I think they're an evil, you know, global corp, just like I don't think anyone should ever be able to tell me what guests I can and can't have on. I, I can't, I can't hold that position. You know, people are like, why do you keep on having on Dr. McCullough? Well, Cause I want to, it's my podcast. Fuck off. But as you've said during this podcast, what you've always said is pretty much verbatim, Tommy, this is your joint. This is your thing. So I can't hold that belief and, and I can't defend that stance and then in the same breath say that YouTube should and shouldn't be able to do certain. I mean, there's the law, right? Inciting violence, uh, doxing. Individuals. Well, there is there. 
There is a difference, though, between you and YouTube, and that is that you are not a monopoly. Sure. There are other sure. there are other podcasters out there. There are other people. There are many others on on YouTube itself and in other places. But YouTube is itself the information conduit by which a lot of people get their only exposure to this kind of information. Mm. And that creates an additional responsibility. And that's a thing that our government has recognized ever since the 19th century with the... Uh, antitrust. Oh, yeah, the Antitrust Act, which is that, you know, when you find yourself in this place where you are the entire market, then you have additional responsibilities. You are no longer just a free agent doing whatever the fuck you want. You have to respect society and the fact that, you know, your actions can affect a lot of things way beyond what you are dealing with, uh, what, what, what you think are your, you know, are your responsibilities. And this is what, you know, the, the whole thing between the government and the railroads in the 19th century was, you know, that uh, you can't have a monopoly and then use your monopoly power to squish your competitors like bugs. And the problem, yeah, and the problem we have with these entities like Google and Twitter and Facebook is that they are the new railroads and they are using their monopoly power to squish people that they don't like, like books. Now, what they're doing to you is a little different because what's happened is the government has woken up as it woke up in the 19th century and started to go, um, this, this don't look right. And the, the companies are going, doing Hershey squirts going, oh shit, what do we do about that? And so they what, are what overreacting. Was, what, what was that line? Hershey squirts? Hershey squirts. You've never heard that? No. Yeah. They're doing the shits. All right. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Noted. Learned a new thing today. So, but, yeah. you teach me one every once in a while, too. So, that's, you right. know. Noted. Okay. Intergenerational relationship. <laughs> uh, so, the thing, but the thing is, they're overreacting in the other direction now because they don't want what happened to the railroads in the 19th century to happen to them, which is what happened was the government came in and went, uh, y'all got to stop this shit. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and they, you know, and before that, the railroads were the guys who called out their private security forces to massacre their employees who were striking. And now it was like the government going, um, no, we're uh, like, uh, you gotta, gotta stop doing that and the the tech giants as they're called now are all i think really really afraid of that happening to them the worm will turn and they will be next and i think they're also all really afraid because if you look at all these companies 
These are all companies that didn't even fucking exist 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay. They all came up in a blaze of glory. Okay. The only semi-exception is Microsoft that came up in the 70s. Sure. And, you know, but they're still kind of in the same mindset of the worst thing that can happen is that somebody does to us what we did to the other guys. Yeah. It's And so they're they're completely paranoid about that. And you pile that on top of the government sniffing at their uh the their baseline and uh you know it's funny to think of a bunch of people who were worth billions of dollars being stone cold scared. But I think that's the situation because they're scared of not, you know, they're, they're scared the worm will turn. They're like the, the, the guy standing at the gates of Rome waiting for the God, you know, the you know, for the invaders to arrive. And well, they haven't arrived yet. Yeah. But it, it, they're, it, they're like, that is a good point. Isn't as far as, as, mega monolithic corporations go yeah like I'm right now I'm listening to a book uh, called Krupp K-R-U-P-P about the German arms manufacturer and it's like a history from like 1602 to like 1980 it, it's fan it's fan I mean the, the the author died like 40 years ago but it's just, I just really wanted to listen to, and it's fantastic I mean it's just everything you'd imagine like a German dynastic arms dealer but um, but when yeah, you think, yeah, shit. but when you think about these these giants, right? Standard Oil, Krupp, even you know Walmart, Exxon, uh, GM. Yeah, but you look at like Facebook and Google well, what, what, are infants. Well, that's what I mean. Is so I'm naming all these giant GE, GM, just these you know, or all the defense contractors and when you look at big tech it does seem you know a little more almost like star classification right like a super giant i mean they come on hot they come on bright but on the on, yeah. the, on the scale of the universe you know they now, die they die super giant stars they only live a million years and they, they die <laughs> yeah they die young and it seems like maybe i mean maybe that's what we're seeing we're seeing it because even though it's 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 small over 20 years it's if it feels like forever and then if you're 30 or 31 yeah. it's that's 66 percent of your life and it seems like they've been here forever well yeah it's you know i think it's going to be interesting to see it does seem it does seem like in all of my you know expertise and wisdom it does seem like the internet came on as this insane wild west, right? I mean, I remember my older brothers using Napster and LimeWire. I mean, us downloading, I mean, all my music library on iTunes. Fuck it, you watch a movie, watch it online, watch it somewhere else. And then they would get taken down, but another company would pop up. And it seems like what this is, is much like the railroads and the actual wild west, is it's insanity and privateers and then sort of like the slow, vanilla, boring nine-to-five mold of society bulldozes over it and turns, and then it's no longer the Wild West. The internet was just this sort of gun-slinging, 
you could watch scat porn and then you could watch like a Taliban beheading and then you could watch a pirated uh, you know jackass movie and then you could download a Beatles album for free and it was just anything went and what we're seeing right now in my opinion not based on any facts or figures is this sort of domesticating of this new cyber world into the boring nine to five evening news and that can only mean one thing that following that trend then there is who knows but right now we are in the theoretical pre-internet of the next thing now is that our minds linking up is that vr there will be a new wild west in the next 10 years and then 30 years after that it will probably be domesticated that's i'm just looking at big patterns it seems like that's what it is yeah there, well there are people who think that but i'm not sure 3d printing i would imagine wave. 3d yeah. printing i feel it could be something i'm not real impressed what it is is I don't know what it is. Just like someone in the '80s couldn't have told you about. Well, of Instagram. course, and that's you know the thing. Uh, it's it's interesting. There there is a, a movie from 1969 called Paint Your Wagon that starred Lee Marvin and Clint Eastwood, and it was about a wagon train making its way to the Northwest, and the. Uh, uh, the main character, the protagonist's brother, dies, as often happened on these things, right? So they are putting him to bed, you know, putting him to rest. And as they are conducting his funeral, people start to notice flecks of gold in the ground. And so it, that place where his brother died ends up becoming a boom town in the gold rush. And the movie is like three hours long, but it's extremely entertaining. And the major theme of it is that when all of this shit starts, it is the Wild West. It's everyone out for himself. Uh, a Mormon comes through who has two wives and the settlers are like, you can't have two wives. That's two wives. You know, that's one wife too many. You got to give one of them up. And the one who ends up abandoned ends up kind of romantically involved with both Lee Marvin and Clint Eastwood's character. Uh, but the gist of it is, is that as, as the story moves forward, is that the greed of everything is taking everything over and toward the end of the movie the principals realize that they built all these saloons and they have loose floorboards and the gold dust is filtering through the floorboards onto the ground underneath the saloons so they build a bunch of underground tunnels to get the gold dust that's being wasted this way and the uh, in the end, there's an earthquake, and all the saloons collapse because they've been undermined by these damn tunnels. Meanwhile, it turns out that the farmers who were on the wagon train have built a church and have built a bunch of conventional things and stuff. And so they've built a town that is not a boom town, that is actually 
a sustainable uh, environment. And so they end up inheriting this entire environment while the, uh, the wildcat people sort of drift off at the very end. Uh, and uh, I've always Some loved beautiful that symbolism. Movie. Yeah, it's it's a really it's it's a long movie. It's about three hours long, but it's an absolutely wonderful movie if you get to watch it. Uh, amazing acting, you know. It is it is it is capstone of that period of filmmaking, and uh, I mean you, you got to love Lee Marvin and Clint Eastwood, young Clint Eastwood. You know, it's he's you know, not like you know all the facial wrinkles and shit at this point and uh you know and and that but that that you know the whole arc of that movie was that the wild west eventually becomes not so wild anymore largely because the people who were exploiting it as the wild west push too far and the other forces come back at them and say, nope, this is now civilization, and we're not putting up with this shit. Now, what's happening right now is that the companies like Google and Facebook and Twitter are being pushed they're being told this isn't the wild west you can't just do whatever you want and in a certain sense some of what they're doing is like malicious compliance they're like all right you want us to delete anything that defies these rules here's the rules we're going to delete anything boom tommy's podcast among countless other things out the door and we're not even going to hear their appeal because fuck them. Well, that's they, and they know that's going to launch another counter bing bong bing sure. bong. But in the end, what they want is to be still the dominant player in their market. They don't care whose standards they're maintaining. They just want to make make sure they're the ones maintaining their standards their operators period yeah so it's uh it's a stupid situation you know and and it's i mean i got no productive suggestions so yeah i mean i think the only thing to do is to just keep going forward like well i I mean yeah that's true for all of this yeah but but, but, yeah and and i know it sounds like a you know that's such like an easy kind of general blanket statement but i mean truly like it doesn't really to me it's like whether it's youtube or whether it's odyssey or bitshoot or rumble or spotify or some company that as of this recording doesn't exist yet just like 20 years ago no one had ever heard of fucking instagram right it's to me it's just i need to keep moving forward producing content and as long as everything's protected by my emp vault it's uh to me it's it it doesn't matter what platform it is it's you know if i put out engaging content then based on merit people will enjoy it and share it 
And if I put out shitty content, then they won't. And to me, that's really all I want is like a fair shake to just let me try to get it out there. So as long as it can get out there somewhere, then then that's what I'm just I'm just going to have to work from there. I'm just going to have to it's just what it is. And I'm just going to have to make myself better and put out more and put out better and get bigger guests and fine hone it and tune it and make it more appealing. And it just has to get to the point where it's so good that it doesn't matter what platform it is, it's on. It's just that's where you go to hear it. And it's, you know, it's just it's just what it is. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do but to keep working. If I quit, then to me that's a fate worse than death. So I'm just going to keep trucking along and, uh, yeah. Fucking just take this and as a lot. Yeah. Just take this as like a challenge. Like, fuck it. Tie one hand behind my back. Like, all right. Kick me off YouTube. Like, all right. Let's, you know, let's rally. Let's figure this shit out. So, you know. Hey, the thing, the thing YouTube is, uh, and Google are afraid of is that five or 10 years ago, from now, rather, they could be as obsolete as their competitors from back in the day are now. And maybe that's a thing that will happen because they're doing such a shitty job of dealing with this censorship crisis. Yeah, they they not only have the problem with the U.S., they also all have the problem with countries like India and China that are wanting more specific things censored in order to do business in their countries. And so far, they seem to be lying back and taking it. Yeah. Which is not really what most Americans would have expected from companies that started in America. I mean, where's all these freedom people who don't want to wear a mask and don't want to take the vaccine, but... Their favorite media company has told the Chinese, yes, I'll uh, lie down and let you stick me in the ass if you let me do business with your 1.8 billion customers. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's like, that's not us either. But there's a lot of threads that haven't connected as far as things like that. Um. Yeah, it that back to what I said about, you know, them being a private company. It's it's less of like a respect for like this is a private company and it's like Tommy, they just fucked you in the ass. How can you defend them? And to me, it's it's the opposite of defending them. It's me saying, "No, let them do whatever they're going to do because that will accelerate their collapse." If they're fucking around, if your enemy's fucking around, you don't go, uh, excuse me, guys, you're fucking around. You go, just let them, just watch. Just let them go. You know, it's like watching, a, it's like a toddler throwing a temper tantrum. Let it, let him tire himself out. Let the puppy tire as itself son, out. As, as Sun Tzu said uh, in the Art of War, when your enemy is making a mistake, do not interfere. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, so when I say they're a private company, that's what I mean is let them they're free to fail too exactly you know it's like uh, 
you know, it's like when my dad would say, like, you know, you're a grown man, you're an adult. On face value, it's like, yeah, cool, old man, you know, he respects that I'm trying to make a podcast. And then, like, it dawns on you, you're like, oh, he's telling you that, like, you're on your own, go figure it out, you're an adult. And it just, and it worked, I happened to work it out. But what that also means is if it didn't work, it means you're a grown man, you're an adult, that's on you. So that's what I mean when I say, me saying they're a private company is like a southern woman saying, bless your heart. Like, I'm saying it with a smile and a twinkle, but what I'm really saying is like, I, I await your downfall with anticipation. But I want it to be your downfall. I don't want for government to come in and do X, Y, and Z because then when you do have a downfall, you go, that wasn't us. That was regulation. No, no let, them, let them fail. Actually, I'm starting to suspect that part of their downfall is going to be governments, but it won't be ours because they're international. And I think they grow so fast that they didn't really have an appreciation for what it meant to be like 80% of the market in India. Okay. And they have much different standards than we do. Not as, you know, most of us in America would consider them not as good, not as protective of freedoms and stuff, but if you're doing business in a foreign country, then you have to at least be aware of what that country's government wants from businesses that are doing business there. And when you're Facebook or Google, then you know they've grown so much. It's like they seriously need a whole fucking department of people concentrating on individual other countries. Yeah. But it's not in their DNA to do that. This is the problem because they want to automate Automated. everything. They okay. want it to, All right. you know, yeah. and you can't, you can't automate your interface with the Indian government. Okay. I see where you're getting at. I think, you know, it, I, think you're, like, I think you're saying the same thing as me. It's, you can't automate your interface them, with the China, with what, China. What you're saying is let them, <laughs> let them fuck up. They'll fuck yeah, up if they fuck they, up. Which they're going to. Yeah. Now that may just drive them back here in a more consolidated form, but at that point, then they're going to be facing it's like, oh, what about this TikTok thing? You know that that is like the first thing from overseas that has seriously threatened any of these assholes, and Google is clearly scared out of their pants about it. Uh, the, you know, and, and so there's, there's, you know, and that leads to a bunch of wrangling among the governments. But again, now you're not in the driver's seat. Your, your billion dollar company, you thought you were, you're the titan of this new industry. You created all this. Now, all of a sudden, you're dependent on the government, you know, on the, the government that you've been ragging on for all these years to clear a path for you and, and have your back. And depending on how you've treated your government, maybe they will and maybe they won't. 
So because there are legitimate functions for government, which is one of the things a lot of people in the U.S. don't seem to really get that, you know, the you know, we've we've got all uh, uh, this this whole libertarian branch that, you know, I got my freedom. I can I can open carry my AK. I can do whatever I want. I can say whatever on blah, blah, blah. I don't have to wear a mask. I don't need to get this vaccine. I can do whatever the hell I want. But that's never been really the case. The government has legitimate functions that have always been recognized by our founding fathers and by people before them in Britain and Europe. That sewerage does not get taken care of mm-hmm. by private enterprise. There are things you don't get universal electrification. That was done in the 40s yeah. under FDR by the Works Progress Administration. Interface. And it was, yeah, interstate highways, highways under Eisenhower. Now, admittedly, the, the interstates, they, they, their justification for that was military. Yeah, Eisenhower was so blown away by the Autobahn. Yeah, and, and, and their thing with that was that, you know, to be able, in, in a pinch, to be able to move military assets back and forth across the country without all these limits that you would have on the roads that existed at the time. But that you, you don't even have that justification for things like sewerage, electrification, water. That, you know, those services are supplied by the government because no one else will do it universally at a reasonable cost. Sure. So it is a reasonable thing to expect the government to do it. This is why we have a government. It's why we pay taxes. Taxes, paying taxes is not just getting ripped off. We actually do receive value for the taxes that we pay. That's, sure. you know, they fix the potholes, they build roads, they build the bridges, and you know, there are times when we need more of them. I mean, and there's, and there are a lot of people who are just like red faced and tone deaf about the whole idea of taxes and government action having any benefit at all. But we wouldn't have a civilization, yeah, if it wasn't for the government. Oh, I'm a hundred percent on board with you. This idea that we don't need any. I mean, who's going to what private company is going to maintain an air force in case there's a war? No one. Yes. If it's not at the bottom of quarter 2 profits, you don't yeah. you have to have yeah, something. No, the military like that. the military is like square one. The military is the biggest argument. example. Exactly. I mean, who's going to, you know, look at the ports and what comes no in and out? going to pay for that if they're yeah. not forced to. Yeah, no. Because it doesn't benefit anyone directly except you know, a few contractors that are supplying them shit. But as far as the rest of us, it's like, yeah, no, we actually do need, and now we may not need it to be as big as it is. We may not have needed to be in in Afghanistan for the last 20 years, but at some level, yes, we do need a military. We always have. Uh, You have to have, you have to have NORAD. Delta and American Airlines are going to pick up the cost of what happens when a plane strays off its designated course and starts going towards lower Manhattan. Well, it's like, 
who's going to figure out whether the other bad guys have sent a missile our way? Exactly. You know, well, that's not where my, you know, Walmart's like, that's not where our headquarters is. So I don't care if that thermonuclear warhead takes out Dallas. It's like, no, it's no, I'm with you. You do have to have that. You absolutely do. I mean, spearheading GPS. Yeah. It's like, yeah, everybody depends on GPS today. The internet. totally a government program. The internet. The The internet was a government program. The ARPANET. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah, so so it's like, yeah, Ronald Reagan was a fucking liar when he stood up there and said the nine most terrifying words in the English language were, I'm here from the government and I'm here to help. That was a fucking lie. That was propaganda of the first order, and he was the smoothest paid actor to deliver that lie. I believe that we are still that golden house on a hill, and these Soviets, they may not see us for what we are. No, you're right, man, and you know know what was a big old government program that I'm happy uh, FDR took the initiative for? The Manhattan Project. (laughs) Hey, you know what? It's, hey, it's... Yeah, it is. And I think also, you know, what I have to remember. You can argue it both ways, but uh, the thing is, it was the kind of thing only the government could have done. No private enterprise was ever going to attempt a thing like that. Not only that, we have a beautiful marriage here where you do have something like that that then gets contracted out to something like EGNG to like they did all the slow mo cameras, right? It's it is, and it's you know I think what what I sometimes need to sit back and look at is is there's like a much bigger thing going on here, and it's. And it's this entire, it's this new space, right? It's it's like how we had the Army Air Forces until 1947, and then we decided we needed an Air Force. And then ultimately, you know, you need a Space Force. or And then you have Air Force Cyber Command, right? Cyberspace is another battlefield. It's, we are in this wild west of the cybersphere that's slowly becoming less of a wild west and more of a suburban development. And there are these... I mean, like glaciers moving. There are these massive trends that go this way and that way. And it's, you know, it's disappointing. But at the same time, you know, what entrepreneur in history hasn't been fucked by something? You know, did they go, oh, well, it's not my fault. No, you you nut up and keep working and you move forward. Yeah, that's what entrepreneurship means. You you take you go, oh, shit's changing. Okay, time to adapt, time to time to shift. And if you know, if my entire model, my entire podcast model is predicated upon YouTube allowing me to stay on their platform, then it's not a very enduring model. That's a. Possibility, which is why I have, you know, two hundred terabytes of external, <laughs> of external copies of this thing, and it's if there's another, uh, if there's another, you know, CME, then the only thing surviving yeah. is going to be this podcast. That's we'll have the last laugh. <laughs> right? Hey, you know, my my person, I, I now granted it's a lot less bandwidth, but I post. I host my personal website myself. Yeah. It's not, uh, you know, a blog, you know, 
blogscape or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's actually, uh, a raw server that I lease and I pay for them by the bandwidth and the storage. Don the pleb has like an actual server in his living room. Yeah. And there's, and there's that, but then you've got to pay for the bandwidth anyway, which is probably through your ISP, which is more expensive than free, uh, nearly free speech is because they do have a server farm. So they, uh, they rent me a little spot on, you know, on their hard drive. And when someone comes to my URL, <clears throat> it gets routed to that. And, uh, you know, it's very reasonable. But on the other hand, it's a text-only website. You know, actually, there are a few pictures if you drill down into, like, the Nixie Clock page. Uh, but it, it cost me, like, you know, forty dollars a year yeah. to keep it up. Yeah. Um but yeah, if you were hosting videos then the they would do that. But it would cost a lot more because of the bandwidth charges. Yeah. Um and, and that's the other thing is is that YouTube gives you the bandwidth for free. It's a free service I was using and that's one thing I always keep in mind is no one owes me shit. No one owes me shit. Yeah. As much as I'm And like if you're not paying not, for it, then you're the product. Yeah, no, it's as, as much as, you know, and that's and that is kind of again back to the whole like hypocritical thing that at a certain point I got to go no one no one owes me hosting of 545 episodes. They just don't. And as much as I'd like to say I demand this and I demand that and you can't censor this and you can't censor that. No one owes me shit. Now, if it becomes like a symbiotic... They may not owe you shit, but they do owe me shit because they promised me that these links that I put up would be persistent, and they're not. And uh, I put a lot of work into that, and uh, that's on their reputation. Yeah, they, they don't owe it to me in the financial sense. Sure. But they do owe it to me in an ethical sense. And I fucking hold them to it that those links that I spent a lot of hours creating are now broken and none of those links broke any of their stupid rules. So why are they broken? I would like an explanation, YouTube. So Not that I'm going to get one because I know how they work. They're going to say the robot said... These keywords were inserted one time too many in this podcast, and this was one time too many out of so many, and we dropped the ban hammer because that was the threshold. And because we're assholes, we don't have customer service, we don't have any place you can go with this, and so why does anyone do business with us again? Well, which mainly because everyone else does. So, Which is pretty much the same for Facebook and Twitter and uh, fuck Microsoft even. What it comes down to is back to what I was saying. You know, when I say it's a private company, what I mean is bless their heart. Because what we see right now between us is just one example 
of millions of things of people of all over the thousands of times a day. There are people having this discussion doing, dude, my gardening channel got taken down. Why? Oh, I don't, my fucking brother didn't take the COVID vaccine. What's that have to do with anything? And you're seeing how they are, well, you don't see it because they're not going to broadcast it. But what's going on is this is happening every day across thousands and millions of people to where when there is all of a sudden a sea change and next thing you know, rumble blows up, everyone's going to go, how'd that happen overnight? It didn't. It, this was going on for a decade and then it yeah. flipped. Well, and, and it's like I was saying earlier, it's clearly it's because partly this, these things are happening because these media giants are scared shitless that they're going to be on the bottom side of the next turnover when something else comes up. Yeah. And so they're just, you know, flailing stupidly uh, instead of reacting responsibly. So, I mean, there's not much you can do with that. I mean, you know, they are still billion dollar media giants. We are individuals sitting in our bedrooms uh, so we can't really do anything to affect their behavior, but eventually the real world might. Well, yeah. No, eventually it, listen, it's money. It's, it's still not too bad out there. <laughs> I got, I got to run in a minute, but event, what, it, what it is, is it's money. And eventually what it will be is, let's say my podcast blows up and I'm on BitChute or something and it brings millions of viewers there and advertisers go there. That's what it is. It's, it will be a blind reactionary force between the market. And it's just what it is. And people will try to analyze it and go, what is it? And it won't be till 20 years later in the rearview mirror that you go, oh, it was probably censorship. And then by then, BitChute or Rumble will be collapsing and something will be forming anew. It's just what it is, man. It's just what it is. Yeah. It's well, even, even, you know, it, it's only even today that people are starting to really put together the story of how Google and Facebook got where they are now yeah. uh, by looking back at, at what happened back in the aughts. Yeah. So, yeah, and, 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 and I, I think that those companies, theaters, are terrified that they're going to be on the downside of the next turnover, which they probably should be because they're fucking it up. Yeah. It's... But, you know, but we don't have any control over that. All we can do is sit back and watch smoke a cigar you know keep doing podcasts it's just what it is it's you know yeah look at how laughably defunct blockbuster is like it's 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 comically failed and 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 the thing is i i i was in a position to see the entire ascent and a descent of blockbuster because i remember when video cassette recorders were invented and there were no rental shops. And then there were rental shops, but they were all individual. And we talked about this a little bit in the history of porn uh, article. But uh, it was only in the 90s that Blockbuster started to uh, eat up. And, and there was a couple of others. There was one called Friendly Video that had a couple of outlets near my house. And we... Uh, 
used to use them uh, pretty often in the mid nineties, mid late nineties. And then one day they, you know, it just folded up and then Blockbuster was the only thing left. And of course, Blockbuster had their own, you know, they had their own censorship zone. They, they, they had their own versions of movies edited for them to take out certain scenes if they didn't, you know, like them or something. And uh, eventually they were the only video rental place left. And then, of course, eventually they died uh, because of the streaming services. And I always thought that was a terrible thing because the streaming services are terrible for availability. Uh, this is one of the only service that I pay for is Netflix DVD, which is they send the little plastic discs in the mail. Okay. And why do I put up with that? Because their inventory is incredibly rich compared to any of the streaming services. And the reason for that is the one sale doctrine. Once the studio presses that disc and sells it to Netflix, Netflix fucking owns it. They can rent it to me until the end of time, until one of their customers breaks it in half. With streaming, everything expires. And so it has to be renegotiated. It's all contracts going in and out of availability. It's fucking chaos. But with Netflix, DVD, if you want to see an old movie, if you wake up one day and say, damn, I've never seen Citizen Kane. I can guarantee you that Netflix can ship you a copy of Citizen Kane tomorrow. DVD.com. You may not be able to stream it anywhere. I don't know who owns the rights or what they are or any of that shit. But, you know, you, you, know, you want to see the day the earth stood still? Bam! I guarantee you they have that disc on... Streaming? What? I just started watching Smallville. I have disc three, which I haven't watched yet because I have also been sick all week. So I haven't been feeling well. But I am now, I've watched two discs, which is seven episodes of the first season of Smallville. And it's kind of interesting. That was, but the thing is, I'm not real friggin' worried whether disc four is out there or not. I know it is. The whole rest of the series, ten episodes, I know it's out there. Yeah, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, like the podcast, like the link doesn't break. It's a fucking stamped CD. Maybe that's yeah. maybe that's what we'll have to do one day is create a a delivery service. You can order a podcast episode, and we'll send you that whole month. That'll, that will be the season. Oh, you want uh, September twenty twenty? We'll send you this season. Yeah, yeah, who's archiving any of this shit? Well, me on an EMP. You are on an EMP. But vault. it's 
But it's in a safe underneath your desk. What I mean is eventually, what I mean is eventually we'll, well, it is what eventually what we'll do is we'll stamp it onto some CDs and we'll fucking, you'll be able to get some throwbacks. It'll be the hipster thing in 20 years. It'll be, you get a big, imagine if we could put this podcast on vinyl, <laughs> get this big old fucking, <laughs> it's got like the playlist on the back. It's, we'll do, we'll just sell one month at a time. And you'd be like, oh, this is a great, yeah, you got some classic Dale Comstocks on here. We got Roger's uh, history of vacuum tubes in here. Oh, and this is the first time he had on the Soviet bioweapons guy. would be like, great year, classic album. You should have really snooty douchebags like, this was before he was big. I, you know, I, uh... that's what we'll do. We'll fucking astroturf a whole movement to like the best wines and cigars that are paired with different episodes. We'd be like, this one is a brandy episode. Be like this one's cocaine. You gotta have if you're not if you're not fucking hopped up through the roof and got a boner made of titanium. This episode is not for you. This one's a downer episode. This one's you know. Yeah, it's yeah. I think we'll survive. I think we'll fucking survive. Uh, all I can say is I'm here. Fuck yeah, you are, Roger. You don't have a choice. I'm going to make you be here. Yeah, I know. You told me. It's like you're going to send me a thermonuclear bomb or something. If you, uh... <laughs> Literally, like, the, the episode that got me banned. I was like, some of my, like, you know, freaking guests are older. I was like, Roger. I was like, take these vitamins. I saw that. I was like, so you don't fucking die, right? I got old guests. You guys got to keep coming back here. I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to build relationships with new regular guests. I've got my regulars. <laughs> you, Dale... Listen, I, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying. I to, saw that it was. It was, and it was so shocking when the next thing was I've been perma banned, and it's like all the links are dead. Like what the fuck? I was like, literally, I texted my to my best friend this morning. I, go, I was perma banned. He was like, LOL, why? And uh, he's a pretty, he's a pretty liberal guy. And I was, he was like, did you finally get iced? I went for this, and he goes. For vitamins? He's like, he's like, no way. So I sent him a screenshot of the email. I was like, terminated. And he was like, Jesus Christ. And I was like, hey. But you know what? That is, they're a private company and they're free to shoot themselves in the foot. It's that. And it's not the kind of thing that makes any friends. That's the thing is this is happening. We just see our own little example. This is happening. How many other times has it happened? Millions yes. and billions of times to when it all does collapse It'll seem like it was an overnight thing, but just like the Soviet Union collapsing, yeah, dude, the pieces are falling a decade yeah. before. The the dike has being has has been being undermined for years. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, right. It's, it's <laughs> when it when it falls over and the sea crashes in, it's, yeah, it's gonna look like oh my god, how did this happen? Yeah. Yeah, right. It's it's pulling the it's pulling the Jenga block out and going. Oh, I finally, Oh, you fucking collapsed. And it was like you assholes have been sitting here pulling Jenga blocks out for four hours. I took out one and it fell. And that's that's what it's gonna. You know, even now, you know, to to fucking. And I really do. I really do. Do got to run. But even like now with like cobble, right? It's like, dude. It's this is the, the end of of what? What Bush, Obama, Trump, Biden. I mean, this is for. This is four presidencies in the making. It's what we're seeing, and it, to me, that yeah. that's a big. No, this is Biden pulling the splinter out when you know it's like it's got to be done. Yeah, there's 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 no other way to do it. Some somewhere it has to end. 
And I've always said one of the things I respected most about Nixon was that he ended the Vietnam War after he won the election, but he didn't have to for political reasons. Yeah. And he finally seemed to have come to the realization that all of these young men were dying for no goddamn reason at all. And he was responsible and he was a very faithful Christian man. And so uh, I think I think that uh, that was actually a legitimate thing that he did. You know, uh, no one told him, well, now is the time to end the war. The time to end the war would have been six months before when it would have helped you win the election if you were having trouble with that. So Nixon was a very paranoid, stupid, and evil man. Well, he, he wasn't stupid. He was a par- very paranoid and evil man. He wasn't stupid. Uh, and at a certain point, his humanity actually came to the fore. And he realized that he had to do something as a human, not as a political machine. And I think, honestly, that is exactly what has happened here with President Biden. Uh, you know, he lost a son. His other son is in the military. He's got, you know, uh, close ties to a lot of people in the military. And he does not want to send these people on uh, a snipe hunt. So he realized yeah, there's no good way to do this, but it has to be done. Yeah. yeah. And it takes courage to do that because you know you're going to take a lot of flack politically, uh, personally, but uh, I agree with his decision and I respect it. And I think he's done a pretty good job considering it's a job that couldn't be done well, no matter what it's, uh, you know, he could have done the easy thing and kicked the can down the road again and let the next guy deal with it. But he said, no, uh, we're going to swallow it. We're going to, you know, we're, we're going to do it and we're going to own this. And, uh, you know, he didn't create the situation. And of course, all of his political enemies are now trying to paint it like he created the situation and fucked it up. And it's like, uh, no, that's, uh, the situation was created depending upon how far you want to go back. Definitely by George W. Bush, maybe by Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Arming I mean, the the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so it's like, this is, this is a thing that's been going on for longer than you've been alive. You know, yeah. It's, 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 it's a clusterfuck. Yeah. And it's, there's a, there's a greater, and there's a, a bigger kind of macroscopic theme to all of this is, you know, I've done we've done three now, called Cobblecast with Dale and Don the Pleb, you know, both obviously military veterans and they right. they both have the you know, they're very 
choice opinions on why what's going on in Kabul right now is on Biden. And I'm not I haven't served. And so I have to respect their opinion. But, you know, I've opened the first Kabul cast with like, you know, kind of in the lion's den. It was him, Joe Teddy, Don the Pleb, Joe Teddy, and Dale Comstock. And I was like, all right, on popular opinion, like <laughs> this did have to happen. And Don will agree. No, it did have to happen. But they will also point out how it's being done poorly. Sure. That's great. And as and I'm I tend to agree with you, this is there was no good. Could this have been done better? I don't know. I have to def, I have to punt to to Dale and Don and go if they say then it could, then maybe it could. But I also come back to mm-hmm. you and I go, there was probably no good way this was going to happen. But the macroscopic theme to all of this is. Is there's an importance to being able to have these discussions where at 2 p.m. I can talk to a Delta Force veteran about why Biden's <laughs> fucking it up. And then at 3.30, I can talk to you and we can talk about why he's doing it right. At the very least, we have to be able to have that discussion. And that is what YouTube has stuck a middle finger up to, because that's what yes. it is, is that is you have to you you either you watch this episode 548 with me and Roger and you go I agree with you or maybe you watch the one prior you go I agree with Dale fuck Roger maybe you go I agree with Roger fuck Dale man what you have to and have I respect, and, exactly and I respect their opinions exactly too. It's, it's, that is what we need is for the conversations to exist and for everyone to view all the data and go hmm when you start sniping some of the data that's when you lose all credibility and you know that is what did my camera just shut off yes your camera just shut off very interesting that's that's a word for it i guess that's a first huh let's see what uh i've I've got your tpc logo here yeah me too let's see huh video cam link did it die turn that off Restart it. Tommy's podcast, where there's never a dull moment. I know. Well, hold on. Don't go anywhere just yet. I want to see if we can figure this out. See Tommy tracing wires right now. Where does this go? I just saw. Okay. Well, just I just got the video, but I don't think you did. Yeah, I I just got I just got the TPC logo, and then I think it must be my internet. So I'll go to. I'll go to the the Mac. That can't be. It's, it's not the same. Are you still like, seeing me? So I just changed cameras. I can still see you. So it's got to be my. Okay, I'm I'm looking at my internet right it can't, now. Well, it can't be your internet then, because internet is two is is two way. There's there's no such thing as a one way internet connection. So if you're seeing me, your internet is okay. This is something with your computer or your your yeah, local. Better fucking not be. This is a brand new computer. Probably the com. It's it's supposed to be a. That's weird. That's really weird, yeah. Cause, well, because it's now popping up on Zoom. It says the camera's working, but it's whatever. I don't fucking care. Oh. Roger, we will resume on Sunday, September 5th, and let's fucking get back into some readings. Sounds like a plan. Let's plan on it. You know what? The... I've got one I've been waiting to read you I know. for months. I, I know. And you know what? The divorce papers have been settled with YouTube. <laughs> And I got to keep the kids, so... Because you, you, so you asked me, uh, after the last curator's reading, about weaponizing fold drives. Mm-hmm. Because an accidentally misconfigured fold drive can fold a planet into its star. 
And you asked me if anyone had turned it into a weapon. Mm-hmm. And the next little mini arc, which takes four episodes, take about 50 minutes to an hour to read. There you are. Is about that. Fuck yeah. Weaponizing full drives. Fuck yeah. Well, Someone will do that. Let's get back into it. And <laughs> as I said, the divorce with YouTube is finished. I got to keep the kids. And uh, you know what? The episodes will continue. And I think you're right. You know, I think there is a little bit of ro- of a relief. That whole saga is just fucking over. It's what it is. Fucking it was shocking. clearly a source of stress for you. Stress, disappointment. Yeah, stress. And, you know, it sucks because BitChute, mm-hmm. Rumble, and, and Odyssey, they don't... You can't host a file size bigger than, like, three gigs, so... All the episodes there are just like pixelated and but oh we will conquer. Oh, my lights just blinked. I think I think uh Hurricane Ida may be asserting herself here. So uh on that note, Roger, I gotta I gotta run. Um fuck yeah, back in the saddle. We're back on our regularly scheduled programming. And uh fuck it, if we have to as I've said Eventually, this podcast will be broadcast from a man-made radio tower, like a, a homemade radio tower with a hand crank generator up in the mountains, and that's how this will go, and fuck it, whatever. I can help you with that. Good. I do that sort of shit. Good. I've developed a whole team. <laughs> Dale's going to run security. I've got doctors. They can provide us health care. Listen, we're going to be up there, and... uh Fuck you. Run on our pirate podcast station. Exactly. From... It doesn't matter. We'll be it'll be fucking running off a wood stove. But uh <laughs> this podcast will die under one condition and one condition only. And it's called clinical brain death. When I'm dead, that's when the new episodes will stop. Until then, eat a dick, because we're gonna ride this bitch the wheels fall. Gotcha. Alright, Roger. I'll email I'll text it to you when it's up. See you next week. Alright, big dog. Peace. Take it Recording easy. Recording stopped.